This is the Future Focus Terminal Podcast, where we talk about challenges operators face and how experts combine human ingenuity, experience, and innovative tech and deliver unprecedented solutions that lead the way. Welcome back to the Future Focus Terminal Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Fairchild. Today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into a topic that we've talked about before, which is creating a culture of innovation. And I am super excited, and I know I say that every time, but I really am about the guests I have with me here today. So we have two new Con Global leaders. We have Holly Morgan, she's our new Chief People Officer, and Yamini Valor, and she is our new Chief Technology Officer. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. All right, I will have you both um, give your, an introduction of yourself um, to our listeners before we get started. Holly, why don't you give um, your introduction first? Sure, no problem. So I've been with Con Global just a short time, but I've spent about 30 years in human resources in a variety of industries spanning large and small organizations and in roles all across the areas of HR. So thanks for having me today, Sean. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. And Yamini? Yeah, uh, excited to be here. Uh, I'm Yamini Valor. I've uh, also been in the industry for 30 plus years. I started my career as a developer, been in technology and supply chain for almost all of my career. Excited to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to surprise you with a question that I didn't tell you guys about in advance. So I would like to know, uh, Holly, what drew you to Con Global? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think the the excitement of Con Global is really about the vision and the mission of the organization. The fact that we openly share how much we care about each other and our customers and the business that we're doing is a key driver for me. Great, thank you so much. How about you, Yamini? I, I have to say uh, it's uh, one of the things is people. Um, uh, the few people I've met have been the greatest to work with. Uh, the second thing is the leading edge technology that we are already uh, moving forward with. That's exciting to me, exciting for me. All right. So you both bring different perspectives to the conversation. So I'm going to pose the first question to both of you. What does the culture of innovation look like and why is it important for organizations? Holly, how about you start us off? So when I think about a culture of innovation, it's really about the environment that encourages creativity, supports learning and really leverages collaborative thinking. So when you're open to new ideas and everyone feels empowered to share, they're more willing to try new things. And I feel like when you can combine that with having really an empathy and a tolerance for failure and then focus on the learning opportunity that exists when you take that risk, that you're truly driving for a culture of continuous learning and collaboration in the team which then leads you to innovation. All right, Yamini, how about you? Yeah, I agree with Holly. It is uh, the it's about the environment that encourages out of the box thinking for any employee of the company, right? And of course, uh, leadership support is critical. Uh, continuous innovation is uh, important for. You asked why is it important, right? And continuous innovation is important for an organization like ours in order to provide new and leading edge solutions for our customers. Our customers expect that from our partners, right? And from partners like us to, to be able to solve their problems and bring in efficiencies. That's why innovation is important. Yep, you're exactly right. I mean, if we just sat back and tried to do things the way that we've always done them, I mean, that's just not going to work. I mean, to remain relevant in today's environment, you're exactly right. We have to think about new and different ways to do things. And whether that's through use of our technology or 
you know, the different way, again, that our people do things. You know, we like to talk about human ingenuity around here. Um, and that's exactly why I have both of you here, because we can talk about the people side of things um, with Holly and how we can do things different. And then also you, Yamini, with how we're uh, working through things with technology innovation. So those are great answers. So Holly, let's talk about that. So how are corporate cultures shaped? You know, when you think about how you shape a corporate culture, I think you have to start with the fact that they emerge and they shape over time. So a lot of times in an organization, you can have an event and something happens. Corporate culture isn't one of those. It's truly a journey. So over that time horizon, the culture shaped by really the values of the organization um, and not just the ones they communicate, but how it's demonstrated. So, you know, we've all heard actions speak louder than words, but it is so true when it comes to corporate culture, which means leadership behaviors, decision making, expectations we hold ourselves and others to have a significant impact on that culture as it's being shaped within the organization. So it's truly shaped with purpose by aligning words and actions, in my opinion. What thoughts do you have around that? Yeah, I, I agree with Holly. Um, it's a journey, right? It needs to be practiced consistently. Um, if you think about organization, uh, as organizations continue to encourage open dialogue of new ideas, it becomes part of the company culture over a period of time. I like specifically what you said about aligning the actions around words. And so as we even think about the creating a culture of innovation and I can't remember which one of you had talked about, I think it might've been you, Holly, about the ability to take risks, but I think that's important, um, especially in the creating this culture of innovation, because if you don't make it safe to take those risks, right? If you talk about wanting to have a culture of innovation, but then you punish people if things go wrong once you take those risks, it's not aligning those actions and then your behaviors. That's exactly right. All right, so Yamini, let's go ahead and pitch one to you first. So how does technology play a role in shaping and supporting the innovation culture? That's a great question. So uh, I'd say technology and culture go hand in hand, right? They're like two critical pillars of innovation. Technology can provide tools uh, and a forum uh, to take ideas and concepts into reality. Right. Um, uh, today, technology is in every aspect of work and life. Right. Uh, every year we are utilizing newer solutions that are adopted uh, so much that uh, we didn't know how we lived without it. Right. Um, so as we solve business problems using technology, it will naturally fuel modern thoughts, thought processes and culture of innovation in the organization. Very good. So, Holly, let's take it from the people focused perspective. So how can leadership inspire and empower employees to embrace innovation? I think you have to start with what we talked about related to setting clear expectations, right? Helping employees understand the importance of innovation and how it aligns with those organizational goals. And then you have to provide that safe space for trying new things and stepping outside the box like you talked about early, Shauna. It, it's really also then taking it to the very next step, which is recognizing and rewarding effort not necessarily result because the result may be a failure. So you have to get ready to celebrate both successes and learning experiences that come out of those failures. And by doing those things, you're empowering your employees to take more chances, right? To, mm -hmm. to be more innovative, to step outside the box. Yeah, I like that both from a 
you know, reward and recognition standpoint and some, you know, celebrate those wins. And at the same time, it's like, you know, we talked about the flip side of that coin as well as, um, you know, you can't punish the uh, downside either when you take those risks. So, yeah, I mean, how often do we talk about our goals and we and we write even a performance review about the actual results, right? Not mm-hmm. about the effort that went in and the learning that ac- that was accomplished. Yep, exactly. And the learning is the powerful piece, right? It's the fuel, right, for a culture mm-hmm. of innovation. All right. So, Yamini, as a technology leader, how do you see leadership influencing the innovation mindset within a company? Leadership can help, uh, right, by by uh, providing an environment to help influence innovation. Um, I think uh, Holly covered a big portion of it earlier. I think technology side, um, I, I think providing a platform for uh, bringing up ideas, giving them time, giving employees time, and offer a no-fear no environment for every employee to create get their creative juices flowing. Um, I always say this in, to all of my uh, team members that have worked with me in the past, right? I have an open door policy for anyone to suggest technology, technology ideas to me. And I, in the short term, I've been here at Con, Con Global. I've seen every one of the leadership team members uh, have the same kind of policy that they have open door for anyone to suggest technology uh, solutions to them. I think uh, as we look in the future, um, technology is going to change or shape our world. Uh, for the better. And I think leadership uh, first has to accept, and I believe Con Global's leadership is already there. As you see, we have uh, innovative products already uh, for um, uh, our customers. So I think we're already there and it starts with leadership, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Are there specific, you know, leadership behaviors that you see that are particularly helpful whether you've seen them since you've come to Con Global or in you know your prior life, that you can give um, you know as advice to people that are trying to create that culture. Yeah, it's very easy to uh, stay uh, um, status quo, right? I think um, uh, open mindedness for leadership uh, is very important, um, and believing leadership needs to first believe that technology can change and can help. Um, advance them, their customers, and uh, better for the future, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, that's the important factor. And from what I've seen in the past uh, and also at ConGlobal, I see that as the key criteria for success for organizations where innovation uh, is key for the organization. First, accepting, leadership accepting, and wanting to uh, invest in technology and grow technology. So basically just having that open-mindedness, letting people know that you're open to it and, you know, are interested in it. And yep. yep. Okay. Perfect. All right. So I'm going to pose this next one to both of you. I'll let you choose who goes next, but what are some common challenges organizations face when trying to establish that culture of innovation and how do they overcome the challenges? Um, so fear is one of the challenges, I would say, right? And uh, we need to provide a place and a forum to express. Uh, fear can be overcome by nurturing, reinforcing employees that there is no right or wrong answer when it comes to innovation. 
bright ideas come from simple, naive questions usually, right? One way for the organization is to have innovation afternoon, create a forum where a small group of people get together, employees, uh, right? And from different teams, uh, come together and share their thoughts. Uh, management and uh, leadership's responsibility is to ensure that there are no negative criticism for any ideas that are put forth by the team. Um, encourage the team to ask, and most importantly, why not, right? Openly and to themselves and to find a solution. Yeah, I agree with that. So, you know, I find that the most challenging thing is when people um, either think they know everything and don't ask questions or they're afraid to ask questions. And I frequently will ask the question why or, you know, we'll just ask a series of questions. And a lot of times that will lead, you know, us down a path of where then you might get to doing something different again, whether it's kind of in that human ingenuity piece or whether it's in some kind of innovative way of doing things or, or technology or something else. Where, you know, I think that, you know, sometimes people, again, they're afraid to ask those questions or afraid of looking like they don't know an answer or know everything. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you get to the better answer when you start just, you know, asking those questions. Exactly. Um, so it's like, I always try to encourage people, like, like, ask the questions, you know, there's, there's no better time to, you know, at the beginning, when you enter an organization, I think that's why, you know, with YouTube, you know, just recently joining, you know, it gives you like the free pass to ask a bunch of questions about why you're doing things. And, um, but I guess like keep that up, right? Because a lot of good change happens when people are new to an organization and come with a fresh new perspective and are able to ask all of, you know, the quote unquote dumb questions. But really those questions should keep coming and keep flowing because there's always value in that. At least that's my perspective. <laughs> yeah. There's there's an extreme amount of value in the question why. And, you know, there's a tool called the five whys that says the research would say you've got to ask it five times before you really get to the root. And so often innovation comes when you have someone willing to keep asking why. And it can be a frustrating conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Someone just keeps asking you, but why, but why? Uh, but that's that's where that learning can really be. You can really be found when you just keep at it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So I, you know, obviously went off on a tangent, Holly. So you haven't had a chance to uh, give your perspective on the what challenges uh, companies endure and then, you know, how they can overcome those challenges. Yeah, I think Yamini mentioned some really good ones and ones I probably would have said. Um, I think, you know, an organizational risk tolerance is probably one of them as well. Um, you know, if if the organization has a low tolerance for risk and is also trying to create a culture of innovation, it, it, it's, you know, it's two ends of the spectrum pulling against each other, not moving with each other. So, you know, the organization has to foster that culture that sees the experience as the stepping stones to success, not the results. Um, and we've talked about that a couple of times. I think the other one that I would just piggyback on that Yamini mentioned was about collaboration. So often we try to solve problems or create solutions in our silos. And it's amazing to me the power that exists when you have people from different teams with different experiences because they're not constrained by the same information that you may have in your siloed efforts, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's another one where we become more open um, and when we're using that cross-functional thinking to solve the issue. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think, and Yamini said this too a little bit, but I'll just underscore it. 
how leaders respond is absolutely critical, right? If the leaders of the organization aren't practicing and supporting innovation, then it's going to be a huge roadblock. So remembering that innovation takes time, takes patience, I think is really important. Yep. So I'm going to underscore one of uh, the items that you mentioned, which is the cross-functional collaboration. So I think that that's one of the things that, for example, makes our technology so powerful at ConGlobal is the fact that our technology is created by operators for operators. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the technology team isn't working in a vacuum. You know, we are actually solving operational challenges and the technology is created with, you know, operations input. So a lot of times you see technology that's created by technology folks that don't really have an understanding of, you know, what's happening in the operational space or what problems they're trying to solve for. But I think that's exactly it is that, you know, again, we've got our cross-functional teams working together. So you've got, you know, for example, our depot teams that are out there every day, you know, working in the field, having challenges and, you know, then they're saying, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we had this technology that could solve this? And then, you know, again, enter technology team <laughs> that can solve uh, such challenge and same thing with, you know, the folks that are working on the rail side. So I agree with you that, again, that helps with the culture that helps overcome the challenges when everybody can work together and say, you know, how do we get this done? All right. So next one, again, this is for both of you. Can you share instances where you've encountered challenges related to innovation and how you've addressed them? Holly, you want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so I would say for this one, historical mindsets is what comes to mind. I think it's one of the biggest challenges to innovation. You know, we create our own methods, our ways of going about our business, um, and then we start down a path of change. So the natural reaction is for all of us to hold on, right? Hold on to what you know, hold on to what makes sense, hold on to something you've been doing for months, years, decades. It's scary to change, right? Um, and I think in my own experience, it's been helpful when the leader is willing to say, hey, this is scary for me too, right? innovating this process or innovating this this activity, I haven't ever done it either. And I've been doing it just like you have one way for a long time. And as we shift, it's going to be a little scary. That kind of lowers everyone's guards and really brings everybody to the table to take the risk together. Um, and, and I think the the approach, at least that I've seen work, is where you you try to take that and make one step, right? Maybe you commit to make one change for one week and get feedback, or maybe you try it in one location, but you take small steps, you get feedback, and then the team starts to see that if something didn't work, or if we even call it a failure, we can be nimble, we can respond to the feedback, and as a whole, the innovation hasn't failed, we've actually learned. Right. And so the learning becomes the success and the, the failure, if you will, becomes the pivot point to do something different. And to mm -hmm. me, that is that's the way you can kind of overcome that historical mindset that can get you rooted in like you were talking about, Shauna, with this is the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think people can see now why you're, you know good fit for the con global organization but you know we've even talked about in the past on podcasts about the you know what do you want to do why do you want to do it what's the worst thing you know that can happen 
And that's it's exactly what you've talked about, right? Which is a lot of times if you take it on those different steps, you know, again, to your point, you get to that quote unquote failure point, but you can pivot, right? So I just love that approach you outlined. And I think that is really great advice for all of our listeners. So I really appreciate you outlining that, Holly. Yeah. Yamini, your turn. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> Not all, all, all ideas are great, uh, produce great results, right? Um, uh, the goal should be uh, that uh, I think I like the word uh, Holly said, nimble, right? Once we realize that the results are not going to be what we expected, uh, to have the courage to accept the failure early on and redefine the path, I think pivot, redefine, whatever. Right? I think it's important to know what problem we were trying to solve. And if, uh, as we go along uh, the way, um, little by little, as Ali mentioned, that's a great point, right? Once we realize that we were deviating from the result that we were expecting uh, to come out of this, then there's nothing wrong in accepting or uh, accepting the failure early on, right? And I think we can redefine the path and obviously there's other ways of uh, solving this. Um, that's one thing I would say here. Okay, let's say, uh, Yamini, next one for you. Are there specific technologies or trends that you believe will have a significant impact on shaping the future of innovation? Of course, <laughs> it's uh, artificial intelligence, right? And I, I, I would say both uh, artificial intelligence and the extension of that is the generative AI are, are the future, right? Um, at Con Global, we're already using AI um, in, in our daily lives, just connecting back to our daily lives, right? We are already using AI in our daily life without even realizing, right? AI will change the way we lead our daily life and work and how we work in the future. For example, I, I'll take this as an example. Uh, smartphones when it was invented right there were so many apps now have, that have been created now conveniently we have access to almost all information about us in our hands our smartphones are uh, much more powerful than pcs that we used to use in the past mm -hmm. um, the innovation around a smartphone uh, over these years has just be become unbelievable right and everything in your hands similarly ai tool uh, can help us process vast amount of data within seconds that human cannot process, right? As human, we have been adopting newer technology as it comes. And as long as it provides value to our life, we, we are ready to adapt. I believe the next level of innovation would be utilizing AI to continuously improve efficiency and optimize whatever we do for work, for our customers, for, uh, for our life. Holly, because creating your corporate culture is a job that is never done, how do you evaluate and measure corporate culture? That's a great question. I think I think measuring corporate culture typically involves, from a best practice perspective, assessing employee engagement in a survey. Certainly, um, if you're driving that culture of innovation, you're going to have very specific questions in an employee engagement survey about innovation, about how employees feel about their ability to share their ideas. Um, but I think. I think when I really think about it, the best way to measure it is what you see in the organization day in and day out. So how well are the organization's values being lived out in daily operations, in decisions, in behaviors? This is that whole seeing is believing thing. And when we get the opportunity to live our culture in every single interaction we have, that's when you can really see the success 
Um, but to your point, Shauna, the work's never done, right? Mm -hmm. Because while it takes a journey to develop a culture, it can also be impacted or cracked really quickly. Um, mm -hmm. So having it be a constant is really important. Yep, I agree. All right, so I have another question for both of you. So can you share examples of initiatives or projects that didn't go as planned, but provided valuable insights and lessons for fostering a culture of innovation? Shall I go first, Sally? <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. So I've had many initiatives or projects that didn't go as planned, mm -hmm. right? I'll uh, use one example. I won't name names. Um, we uh, introduced a new product um, uh, for our customer, uh, and we realized along the way uh, when we were trying to implement our first phase, uh, the product became too complicated, right? When customers really wanted something very simple, right? Uh, even if, even though it had the functionality, was it became too complicated, right? And so we had to stop, accept that it was too much, change the path. And in looking back, I think the important lesson um, was uh, really to try and fail fast, right? Realize and accept that we failed and pivot. Uh, I think we talked about this earlier, pivot to find an alternate path to be successful. At each stage of our solution, of the solution, right? Validate if the solution is still solving the business problem or not, right? <laughs> it's okay to fail and learn from there, find an alternate path. I think the key is uh, to uh, quickly fail, quick, do this quickly and fail fast and realize that's not going to work and find the right solution for the problem that uh, that's at hand. Mm -hmm. I uh, smiled when you started your story because I worked for somebody at one time that said, uh, don't uh, give me a Cadillac when I need a moped. <laughs> but, but again, it's like keeping that insight, insight as to what, again, you're trying to accomplish and what's needed. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, again, when you're in this innovation process, you're right. Um, I think sometimes we can overcomplicate things yep. and um, lose sight of what we are trying to accomplish. So I think that's really great advice, Yamini. Yeah. Holly. Yeah, I smiled too. Did you see that? that was like, oh, I love that. Um, so I too have had countless experiences. We don't have time on this podcast to go into all of them. Um, but I'll frame them as learning and growing opportunities as well, just like we talked about earlier, right? Thank goodness mm -hmm. for those failures along the way so that you can do it differently or better the next time. I think for me, where the failures stand out and the learning stands out is in the approach. When I look back at those moments, typically they have been the places where we decided to kind of rip the Band-Aid off, go all in, do it all at one time in a big rollout, big change. And I think the goodness that's in that, which, you know, is mass change, everybody gets it at the same time, all that is something that you have to think about and it may be right in the moment. Um, but, but I am now, um, kind of live by a mantra of slow down to go fast. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means starting small, using pilot groups, getting ongoing feedback, testing things cross-functionally, making sure that what you're putting in is both efficient and effective and not just a big change. Um, mm -hmm. So I love what Yamini said about fail fast. Um, and I think combined, failing fast and doing it in kind of sprints, if you will, from a technology perspective, so that you can adjust along the way, 
also gives you a chance to set that expectation for the organization or the team that they have the opportunity to help you shape it. And I think that is the second piece of it. It's not just that you're in it to solve it for yourself, but as a team, you can work together and everyone can shape the next step. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And I think to the point that you made, Holly, is obviously, you know, you can still be trying to accomplish that big change, right? And a lot of times that's what we're trying to get to is the end result. But and, and again, I think we've talked about it multiple times uh, on this podcast already, but how do you break it down into those smaller bite-sized you know, pieces and make sure that, again, it happens in the right way? Well, so. and to your point, Shauna, where you can meet the organization where it is, mm-hmm. right? You, you, in your mind, may want the you know, Mercedes instead of the moped or you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But at the same time, what does the organization need? And I think that's what Yamini was getting at a couple of times around what are you trying to solve? Yep. Because you you may be able to solve it with something that's smaller and efficient rather than some big complicated process. Yep. Or what does it need right now? Because mm-hmm. maybe it eventually needs the Mercedes, but it might not need the Mercedes today. Uh, right. Maybe it needs the Mercedes five years from now, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> and taking a step is big change, mm-hmm. right? Taking one step forward is innovation. It just may not be the whole whole thing. Yep, exactly. All right. So based on your experiences, what advice would you give other organizations looking to establish or enhance a culture of innovation that you'd like to explore more? Holly, how about you go first this time? So you guys don't have to decide. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, first off, find ways to reward the try. Um, So I'm not even going to call it a failure. I'm going to call it a try, right? The effort, the try whether the result is there or not, finding ways to reward that to me is straight out of the gate, the first thing you have to do. Um, And then just making sure the environment is encouraging and supporting curiosity, right? We talked about that with the why, um, but you need to know as a leader where your team is, right? If, If they're not in an environment that's feeling supported, Um, to have curiosity, to ask the why, to push on what we've been doing, then it's going to be difficult to move forward with innovation. And then I think the other piece is if if you find yourself in that space where you're not sure you've got a strong culture of innovation, you need to be ready and prepared to teach people how, right? You talked Mm -hmm. about an example, Shauna, which is asking why. That might be it. That might be the only thing as a leader you need to do to create that environment is to encourage the team to ask why at least three times before a decision is made. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty simple step forward, but it could unlock a tremendous amount of potential for the people around the table. Yamini? Yeah. So I'll say culture of innovation in an organization does not happen by accident right? It needs to be purposefully fostered in, I think, starting from leadership, uh, everyone uh, should be encouraged to be passionately curious, ask why, right? Every organization, current culture is very different. I think Holly touched on this a little bit. Uh, Current culture is very, could be different, right? And leadership should, should try multiple methods to encourage innovative culture, identify what works best, and uh, capitalize on what works best for that uh, for their own organization. I think uh, the uh, 
someone, um, one of my mentor uh, mentioned this in my early years, uh, whatever you do, be passionately curious about what you're doing, right? And uh, ask why, why not? And encourage others to ask why and why not? And and uh, without knowing, uh, you'd create an innovative culture uh, around you. I like that too. I, I know I've said that on a lot of things that you both have said today, but passionately curious. I love it. Love that. <laughs> All right, so um, I have one more question that I always ask during every podcast, but before I ask that question, I would like to give you guys the opportunity. Is there anything else that you wanna tell our listeners today that you haven't had the opportunity to with our prepared questions? That's a great question. I, I would just say that I think we should all remember that we have a role in creating that culture of innovation. You don't have to be a leader or a manager in order to do that. And so if that's important to you or to the organization, making sure that you are personally taking that on is is really important. We kind of talked a little bit more from a corporate perspective or a leadership perspective, but I hope that anyone who hears this conversation today walks away knowing that they have a role in creating that innovative culture. Very good point. It starts with everyone, right? And it does not have to come from the top. Uh, in what we are doing, if someone is uh, stamping a paper, a piece of paper every day, I think this uh, is something that I read in a book. Um, just create something, a curiosity for yourself. If I can do five today, can I do seven tomorrow? Um, can I beat myself, right? And and how can I do this better? Uh, that's one way of doing this. And the other way is how can I do this better? Um, so I don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again. I think it doesn't matter um, what level. I, I agree 100% with what Holly said. It doesn't matter what level you're in. I think uh, the partially the innovation behavior and thought process can come from every individual themselves, right? It has mm -hmm. to come from within. All right. So now my signature question. Holly, what does future-focused terminal mean to you? I think for me, when I think about future focused terminal, it means we are way outside the box. We are delivering to customers in ways they don't even know are possible. And we're doing it with the ingenuity of our employee base. And we haven't even today, we don't know what those capabilities are. So we're tapping into capabilities that we don't even know about yet in order to accomplish the goal. All right, Yamini. Future focused terminal. What's it mean to you? When I think about future focused terminals, uh, here's what I, I uh, see. Right, it's automation. Um, if you're doing, uh, a, if a person is doing a job, um, they're going to be doing the same, but in a much more exciting way uh, with automation built in. Right, in the future, um, I, I think we would have a terminal that's automated, and people are going to feel excited about working in that terminal. That's great. Thank you, Yamini. Well, thank you both for uh, sharing your expertise with our listeners today. I really appreciate you joining me here on the Future Focus Terminal podcast. And to our listeners, thank you all for spending time with us as well. I hope that you will join us next time and you will follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you so much. Never miss an episode and take care. Thanks, Shauna.